Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, hello, and welcome back to your journey through the book of Leviticus. Today is Leviticus 18. Today is one of those that gets a lot of press as well. We had a chapter a few chapters ago that talked about the infectious skin diseases and all of that, and that's one of the ones that people joke about. But this is one of those that gets a lot of criticism, and it gets pushed around a lot, and it's one that no one really likes to talk about unless they're kind of slandering it, to be honest with you. And it's because God lays down the rules and the laws for sexual relations with one another. And so, as I did yesterday, I think it's a really neat idea. We may do this moving forward. I want to kind of make a statement to you and then ask you a question, and then maybe we'll, along the journey, talk through it, and then at the end, let's readdress the question. And here, here's the question of the day as we get ready to read this, and that is, why? God is about to give us various verses of various different types of sexual relations that we should and shouldn't do in this free community that we live in. And when you say free, we don't mean free for all. We mean do whatever you want to do. It's free within boundaries, free in a way that keeps me free, and it also promotes the freedom of my neighbor as well. And that doesn't mean free for all. That means freedom within boundaries. And so how do we do that? How do we differentiate ourselves from other nations? And so maybe that's why, maybe not. We'll talk about it at the end, but here's the question. God is about to give us a bunch of sexual guidelines. Chapter 18 has 30 different verses in it. And here's the question. Why? Why does God care who I sleep with? Why does God care how I sleep with them, when I sleep with them, all the different things. Why? So let's read it together, and then maybe at the end, we can come to some clarity together. If you have your Bibles, we're going to be reading out of the New Living Translation, and I always enjoy if you read along with me. That way, you can highlight things or maybe circle some things or just whatever it is you want to do. But let's, let's read this together. Here we go. Leviticus chapter 18, looking at verse 1 through 30. Here we go. Verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the following instructions to the people of Israel. I am the Lord your God. So do not act like the people in Egypt, where you used to live, or like the people of Canaan, where I am taking you. You must not imitate their way of life. You must obey all of my regulations and be careful to obey my decrees, for I am the Lord your God. If you obey my decrees and my regulations, you will find life through them. I am the Lord. Okay, pause. Okay, spoiler alert. There's your answer. (laughs) I was hoping maybe to get to the end of it, but at the same time, it is so very clear. God is saying, you have got three options. If you think about it like a road, like especially if you're driving right now, I hope you're not looking at this, you're looking at the road. If you're driving right now, if you've ever driven in a car, on the left-hand side, you've got a guardrail. Hey, don't don't cross that guardrail or you're going to end up in a ditch. On the right-hand side, you've got a guardrail. Don't cross on the right-hand side or you're going to end up in a ditch. Stay in the middle so you can stay free. You can stay on your journey. You can get where you need to go. And what God literally just said is, I am telling you this so that you won't go to the left to the people of Egypt because that's a dumpster fire and you won't go to the right because that's also a dumpster fire. And one day when we read through the book of Joshua together, we're going to talk about the horrible paganistic practices of the people groups of Canaan as they have went through and they've excavated these areas. We found out there was a lot of uh, child sacrifice and all kinds of horrible, horrible things that they were doing. And God is saying, I don't want you to do that. 
I don't want you to imitate their way of life. I want you to obey me. So don't go to the left. Don't go to the right. Stay in the middle. And did you notice what he said? If you obey my decrees and my regulations, whether you like them or not, if you obey them, there's life there. So you could say the book of Leviticus is all about life. As we have been saying, it's all about freedom. And so God is going to tell us what a healthy sexual relationship looks like, how we stay full of life and full of freedom. Here we go. Verse 6. You must never have sexual relations with a close relative, for I am the Lord. Amen. Number seven, do not violate your father by having sexual relations with your mother. She is your mother. You must not have sexual relations with her. Amen. By the way, all of these, I'm putting in the amen. Okay, just saying, most of these are all common sense. Here we go. Verse eight, you must not have sexual relations with your father's wives, for this will violate your father. Amen. Number nine, do not have sexual relations with your sister or your half-sister, whether she is your father's daughter or your mother's daughter, whether she is born in your household or born in someone else's household. Amen. Number 10, do not have sexual relations with your granddaughter, whether she is your son's daughter or your daughter's daughter. This would violate yourself. Amen. You know, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's your son's, never mind. Anyway, of course. Number 11, do not have sexual relations with your stepsister. The daughter of any of your father's wives, she is your sister. Amen. Number 12, do not have sexual relations with your father's sister. That would be your aunt, for she is your father's close relative. Amen. Do not have sexual relations with your mother's sister, for she is your mother's close relative, also your aunt. Do not, have, do not violate your uncle, your father's brother, by having sexual relations with his wife, for she is your aunt. Some people say auntie, doesn't matter. Number 15, do not have sexual relations with your daughter-in-law. For she is your son's wife, so you must not have sexual relations with her. Pause. This would have been an interesting area, okay? Now, the reason why is because it was considered a culturally appropriate thing that if your brother died without having any kids, you could then marry your now, the the now widow, which would be, you know, would have been your sister-in-law, and then you could have married her in order to have kids for the sake of your son, but there would have been in a gray area if you didn't, like if the gentleman were to die and the only other male relative would have been a father, there would have been a gray area. Should I do that? So God is saying, thank you for being willing, but don't do that. So that's actually very, very helpful. Okay. Number 14, do not violate your uncle, your father's brother by having sexual relations with his wife, for she is your aunt. Verse 15, do not have sexual relations with your daughter-in-law. She is your son's wife. So do not have sexual relations with her. That's what we just read. Number 16, do not have sexual relations with your brother's wife for she will violate your brother. So once again, the only time that was ever allowed was if your brother had died and you were doing it as a way to perpetual, have a perpetual remembrance of your brother, but only in that case. Okay, number 17, do not have sexual relations with both a woman and her daughter. You do not take her granddaughter and do not take her granddaughter, whether her son's daughter or her daughter's daughter, and have sexual relations with her. They are close relatives, and this would be a wicked act. So, orgies, wicked act. Okay, moving on. 18, do, while your wife is living, do not marry her sister and have sexual relations with her. They would be rivals. Do not have sexual relations with a young woman during her period of menstrual impurity. Do not defile yourself by having sexual intercourse with your neighbor's wife. Do not permit any of your children to be offered as a sacrifice to Molech, for you must not bring shame on the name of your God. I am the Lord. Pause. The reason why I laughed at that is because we go from, okay, look, don't have sex with these people. I know, by the way, don't don't let your children be human sacrifices. Yes. But here's the thing. 
God put them in the same category. He put the same category of not having sex with people that you're not married to in the same category as sacrificing a human life. Because whenever you have sex with someone that you're not married to, it splits a part of your soul. There's a part of you that tears off internally and is now attached to them. It's called spiritual soul ties that are attached to them. And so something happens that you can't give back without a lot of prayer and a lot of healing. And so God puts having promiscuous sex in the same category as offering a child as a sacrifice. And then he has another one as well. And this is the controversial one. Here it is, verse 22. Do not practice homosexuality, having sex with another man as with a woman. It is a detestable sin. I'll come back to that in a minute because that's the controversy right there. Verse 23, a man must not defile himself by having sex with an animal. And a woman must not offer herself to a male animal and have intercourse with it. This is a perverse act. Verse 24, do not defile yourself in any of these ways, for the, for the people I am driving out before you have defiled themselves in these ways. Because the entire land has become defiled, I am punishing the people who live there. I will cause the land to vomit them out. You must obey all of my decrees and regulations. You must not commit any of these detestable sins. This applies both to the native-born Israelites and to the foreigners living among you. Verse 27. All these detestable activities are practiced by the people of the land where I am taking you. And this is how the land has become defiled. So do not defile the land to give it a reason to vomit you out, as it will vomit out the people who live there now. Whoever commits any of these detestable sins will be cut off from the community of Israel. So obey my instructions and do not defile yourselves by committing any of these detestable practices that were committed by the people who lived in the land before you. I am the Lord, your God. Wow, there's a lot there. There's a lot to process. And so I want to go back to the original question, and that is why. Why does God care about these things? Why does God care who I sleep with? What's the point? Well, I think the major point is, number one, he's trying to keep free people free. He's trying to help us understand what it is. That it doesn't matter how much you're attracted to this person. If you haven't committed your life to that person, that's not fair to them, and it's not fair to you. It's not fair to your kids to sacrifice them. I mean, yeah. And it's not, it's not a good idea. It's a sin to be a homosexual. Now, it is not a sin to be attracted to someone of the same sex. It's what you do with that attraction that make it a sin. And here's the thing. I've had people say, well, now we live in the dispensation of grace. We no longer live under the law. These are wonderful principles, but I don't have to abide by them. But here's, here's the question. And that is, does that mean it's okay to sacrifice a child? Of course not. Does that mean it's okay to have sex with an animal? Of course not. Well, then why are you picking and choosing? If all of these are sound principles, that even when living under the, the dispensation of grace, in other words, now that Jesus has come, these are now guidelines for us to live by. And if we sin in these areas, we can now come boldly to the throne of grace and we may be forgiven. So you would say to me, I should not have sex with someone that I'm not married to. That would be a sin. It's just lined out. I should not have sex with an animal. I should not sacrifice my kids. But when it comes to homosexuality, you're going to wait. My question for you is why? If all these other ones are, are noticeable and we would see them as things we shouldn't do, they would be do, opposed to what God has created, why this one? And I think it's because we love people. We love people that we know struggle with this. Most of us don't know anybody who's struggling with human sacrifice. I would say most of us don't know anybody who's struggling with it's just some of the other ones, okay? <laughs> but we know people who struggle with this one. And so we want to make a distinction here because we don't want to have to tell someone that, it, yes, it is sometimes bad to love someone. I've heard people say before, how can love be bad? 
Well, someone who loves an animal, is that bad? Yes, if it becomes unhealthy. Someone who loves their brother's wife, is that bad? Yes. Well, then that means it also can be bad to love someone who is the same sex. And so here comes the question. Why does God care? Because he knows that these are going to be hard for some people. He knows that there's going to be certain situations where it's going to be harder than it should be. So what I would say to you is this, is trust the Lord. Trust that he knows what he's doing. And in trusting him, we begin to realize that because he knows what he's doing, he will lead us in freedom and all things. It's a hard one, but it's a good one. I look forward to seeing you here next time from Leviticus chapter 19.